Do you enjoy our podcasts? Help us to be able to continue creating quality content by visiting our merch store at store.another12.org. You'll find some great merch there, and the best part about it is that a portion of every purchase goes to support the work that we do. Welcome to Drippings from the Honeycomb, the official podcast of Another 12 Ministries. We are so glad that you have decided to join us as we enjoy the sweetness of God's Word one verse at a time. What is the antithesis of faith? Matthew 14.31 says, Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? Of course we know that this verse comes from the famous story of Peter walking on the water. And it goes kind of like this. There was a huge day of ministry where Jesus was teaching to the crowds and had been teaching to the crowds for a really long time. They were in this desolate place and there was nowhere for this crowd to buy food. And Jesus had told his disciples to give them some food. But the disciples looking at the situation from a human perspective had not understood how they were supposed to fulfill this enormous task that was given to them by Jesus, since they only had a little food with them, and there was absolutely no way they could buy food for this entire crowd of some 20,000 people. And when they appealed to Jesus, he asked them to bring the food that they had available to him, and they brought him a few loaves of bread and a few fishes. And from that, we know the great Bible story. Jesus prayed over it and broke it and distributed it out to the entire crowd. And everybody ate and was satisfied. And they gathered up a lot of extras, 12 baskets of leftovers from the crowd. And this enormous miracle took place during the day. And after the miracle happened and after Jesus finished his teaching and started dismissing the crowds, he sent the disciples in the boat over the lake of Gennesaret, or the Sea of Galilee, to wait for him on the other side. And as the disciples are undertaking their journey across the Sea of Galilee, this enormous storm came upon them. And this was common in that area of the world because of the topography and how far below sea level the Sea of Galilee actually is. And so these huge winds would come down across the lake and would sweep the lake and throw up these enormous waves on the lake. But this must have been a really bad storm because some of these disciples were experienced fishermen and would have seen bad weather out on the lake throughout their fishing career. But this one lasts all night. They are fighting against the storm. They are rowing against it. They are getting nowhere. And the scripture tells us that they are beginning to lose hope. But in the middle of the night, against all odds, Jesus himself comes walking out on the water to them to rescue them. Striding across the waves, untouched by the weather, he proceeds right to their boat and tells them not to be afraid. And in a moment of immense faith, Peter asks Jesus to let him come out onto the waves and join him walking on the water. Now, what makes this so significant? You have to understand that water in the ancient times was very feared because it was the untamable power. 
It was the ultimate power. It could not be tamed in any way. It could not be lessened in any way. If you were on a ship and a storm kicked up, all you could do was hold on and pray that you survived it. There was no available intervening power that could save you, nothing that could stop the weather, nothing that could calm the waves. Water was feared, and because of the pagan ancient beliefs that people who died by drowning were consigned to an eternal fate of despair because souls could not be rescued from the water, the fear that the water cast upon people was an overwhelming fear. It was something that was dark and mysterious, something that could not be conquered, and the only one who had power over the water must be someone who had divine nature. There was no other explanation. To control the waves, one must be divine. And while now today with modern technology we have seemingly conquered the waves and we send ships all around the world without losing very many of them, the same still applies today. With all our technology, with all our knowledge, all we can do is avoid the storms. No one can control the water. The ocean, the water, it is a force beyond any of our control, and it is something that only the power of the divine can control. Only God himself, because he is the Lord of creation, can control the waters. And this is something that Peter and the disciples would have understood. They would have known this. And so when Peter asks, let me come out on the water to you, he is recognizing that there is something greater about Jesus. While he may not have been able to put it into words, he is recognizing that a power exists within this man that is beyond anything of the created realm. This was not the first time the disciples had seen Jesus calm the water. He had done it before when they were terrified that they would die in another storm while they were on the lake, and Jesus was asleep in the back of the boat. And at that time, they had responded to his work of miraculous power by saying, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? And Jesus invited Peter out on the water to join him. And Peter took some steps on the water, but partway to Jesus, he took his eyes off of Christ and began to sink into the waves, overcome by his fear, overcome by his concern, overcome by his realization that he was in a situation entirely beyond his control. In our modern day, it is so easy to criticize Peter hotly. How could Peter have lost faith? He was standing right in front of Jesus. Isn't it enough that Jesus, the Messiah, was directly in front of him? But see, Peter did lose faith. So there has to be a deeper meaning to that question. There has to be more than meets the eye. There has to be a reality that would apply even to us if we were standing on the water in front of Jesus, because we are of the same stuff of Peter. We are fallible, we are sinful, and we are weak in our faith. But since Peter did lose his faith and begin to doubt, we have to ask the question, if Peter doubted with Jesus standing physically right before him, how is there any hope for those of us today who cannot see Jesus? Well, see, it was more than just believing in Jesus the man that was walking on the water in front of Peter. It wasn't enough for Peter just to simply see Jesus or to acknowledge that he was there. 
Peter needed to understand that he needed to have faith in who Jesus actually was. Peter's faith had to rest on something more than just the physical appearance of Jesus in front of him. Now, Peter, as a Jew, would have had an intimate understanding of the power of God over water. In the Old Testament, we see God's power exercised over water right from the beginning of Genesis, where God created the earth by exercising power over the deep. God brings the earth into form and into shape and restrains the water, bringing dry land into play. God had total control over the waters in creation. God made the waters and God restrained the waters. In fact, it says in scripture that God has assigned to the water a place at the creation and has given it boundaries and commanded it that it should not go past those boundaries. But Peter also would have known about the flood, where God used water as his judgment tool and cleansing tool for the earth by destroying all sinful man and washing away the stain of iniquity from the earth, preserving for himself one family that worshipped him through his control of the rain and of the depths and of the sea and of the waters of the firmament, God destroyed and then brought the earth back to a fruitful place to sustain life once again. But Peter would have known more than just the flood. Peter would have known about the Red Sea, where God intentionally backtracked two million Israelites into a place in the wilderness where they were cut off from all hope of escape, where the enemies of Egypt were upon them to destroy them, in a tactical move that would make the most foolish military general who ever lived look brilliant. But God chose to lead Israel into this trap for the purpose of displaying his overwhelming power and gaining glory over the Egyptians. And we know that because God says that to Moses in the book of Exodus. Trapped before the Red Sea, with an enemy behind them and nowhere to go in front of them, and mountains on either side, the Israelites are forced to rely on God's power as he plunges his presence into the sea and divides it, making a way of escape for Israel, and then closing the sea over the top of the Egyptians, destroying what was, at that time, the world's most powerful military. God's power over water is incredible in the Old Testament. In fact, some 40 years after the event of the Red Sea, as the spies sent out by Joshua are hiding in the flax on the roof of Rahab in the wall of Jericho, Rahab says this to the two spies, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the fear of you has fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt. But see, Peter would have known even more than that, because Peter would have known the story of how God caused the River Jordan at its flood stage in the spring to dry up and stand up in a heap next to a city miles upriver the minute that the feet of the priests 
touched the edge of the Jordan River so that his people could cross over dry ground into the promised land. And from there he commanded them to take twelve stones from the bottom of the Jordan River and to set up an altar as a permanent testimony to what God had done to the waters of the River Jordan when he had parted them with a mighty hand and let his people go through on dry ground. So when Peter saw Jesus exercise absolute authority over the storm in the first time that they were in the boat, when they cried out to a sleeping Jesus for help, and he stood up and calmed the wind and the waves. And when Peter saw Jesus walking on the water, the thought in Peter's mind should have been, this is Yahweh. This is God himself made manifest to mankind. This is the one who the prophets spoke of from old when they said that God himself would come down to his people. I will have faith in his ability to control even the most out-of-control situation because I know that God has shown himself powerful over the water throughout the history of Israel. But see, Peter didn't do that. And it had nothing to do with the fact that Jesus was standing in front of him. That didn't make any difference at all. Peter's faith was rocked because he forgot who God was because he looked at the terror of his circumstances. He looked at his own inability to alter his circumstance, and he forgot about the one who has the sovereign power to alter every circumstance. Peter chose the antithesis of faith by doubting that Jesus was powerful enough to save him because he failed to recognize that Jesus was divine, that Jesus had demonstrated through his mighty works, many of them, but especially in this case, his power over water, that he was Yahweh. And so when Peter was faced with the wind and the waves, when he took his focus off of the one who had the power to save him, he sank into his own fear. He sank into what he dreaded most, the water. But as he sank, he cried out to the one who could save him. And Jesus, who is so faithful, God, who is so faithful, reached down and caught him and chided him for his doubt. Why? Because doubt is the antithesis of faith. Doubt is saying to God, my circumstance is greater than you. My struggles are larger than you. My challenges are insurmountable even by someone of your power. You may have calmed the storm in the past, but you cannot calm this storm. You may have fed the crowds yesterday, but you don't have the power to meet my needs today. When we are struggling, when we are sinking in the seas of our own circumstance, doubt can avail us nothing. Doubt will only cause us to sink deeper, and to take our eyes off of the power of God. But when we have faith, we cry out to God and rest ourselves in His power. We ignore our circumstances, which is exactly what the world tells us not to do. 
and we say, my circumstances do not matter because the one who created the waters, who has power over the waters, who has strength to control the waters, holds my life within his hand. And I will trust him to the end because he is able to do all that I need. And he has promised to be with those who call upon him for his help. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Drippings from the Honeycomb. If you would like to learn more about Another 12 Ministries and the work that we are doing to train youth ministry leaders to bring the gospel to young people, visit another12.org. If you would like to support our ministry, click on the donate link in the description below.